Welcome to the Equipers Church Budapest podcast. We hope today's message will encourage and inspire you. For more information, check equiperschurch.au. The title of my message is The Day Heaven Came Down. The Day uh, That Heaven Came Down. And I want to read uh, this whole passage from uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 6 through 16. 6 through 16. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. That would preach as well. Do we have room for Jesus? And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared uh, to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. It's not always a pleasant experience when God shows up. They freaked out. They panicked. But the angel of the Lord said to them, do not be afraid. Now, when God has to say, do not be afraid, you have every reason to be afraid. Hey, it's going to be all right. Don't be afraid. I'm like, yes, easy for you to say. <laughs> I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Um, I'm not sure how many of you went to Bethlehem. I, I went there once and I was shown the caves and uh, the place where supposedly Jesus might have been born. Uh, you know, these dark caves in the rocks. Uh, nobody really knows, but supposedly these are the places, very tiny uh, caves. It's not a glorious scene, nothing, nothing magnificent, you know, nothing spectacular. A very simple uh, and, and uh, very, found, you know, very simple place. Uh, but somehow God used that simple scene to bring heaven down. And what we read about in this passage of scripture is God rips heaven. His glory shines and the rest is history. So I want to take you on a journey a little bit tonight. We will go back into the Old Testament. And I want to, what I was praying for tonight, I said, God, give me the language to explain revelation. It's, it's actually very difficult to explain this. You know, how do you explain the glory of God? How do you explain heaven? How do you explain uh, you know, God coming down as a man, that's impossible to put into words. 
If you read the whole Bible and then kind of, you know, try to take some words, some scriptures out of it, you will definitely do injustice to the weight of the revelation. And I was praying, God, give me the language to explain this revelation tonight. So I want to take you a little bit into the Old Testament and then kind of um, take you through uh, a couple of passages and then we'll stop at this scene and then continue into the ministry of Jesus and hopefully have an application for us how we can experience heaven on earth even right now. All right? So just bear with me as I take you back a little bit. First of all, you know, it's hard to define heaven. We all had some uh, childish um, explanations or imaginations. I'm not sure how you imagined heaven, you know. For me, it was this uh, place where there was no school. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one day there will be no tests, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, many of us, we had all kinds of imaginations what heaven would be like. You know, maybe for some of you, it's full of uh, light and joy and passion and, and gold and uh, money. <laughs> Everything that you may be lacking now, you're like, yeah. So uh, there is all, all kinds of religious ideas as well. You know, maybe theological ideas about heaven. Uh, I, I want to sort of give you a simple thing. You know, we don't know the GPS but what we do know is the entry portal. We don't have the GPS. We don't know where the place is, what it's going to look like. But we don't know the entry portal. The Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus said, No one can see the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, which is used interchangeably in the New Testament, unless they are born again. So we know the entry portal. You don't know where the place is, but we know how to get there. Amen? And so heaven, is a very simplistic explanation, is uh, the, the realm of His absolute presence. Where God is in full expression. It's also the place where His rule is in absolute measure. In other words, where God is... Where God rules. And then it's also the place of His absolute glory. Now glory in the New Testament language is the weight of His presence. When God, you know, when He uh, shows up on the scene and you are overwhelmed. Because you cannot handle the weight of the glory. Now heaven is the realm of His absolute presence. Of his absolute rule and his absolute glory. It's, it's the place where God is fully. Where he reigns fully. And where he displays his glory fully. Alright. So this is as much as I can tell you. There's probably more that we could go into. But um, I want to take you a little bit into the Old Testament. Because we find that in the Old Testament there were some incidents where some people in the Old Testament experienced some flashes of heaven. They had some individual encounters of heaven in the Old Testament. Some snippets, a little foretaste of heaven. And I'm going to mention three just for the shortage of time. The first one, many of you know this story. It's the story of Jacob. 
Jacob is running away from his family because he did a lot of foolish stuff as, as, uh, as a young man growing up. And so he's running away from his family. And then he's tired. He falls to the ground. He falls asleep. And what happens is an amazing experience. God shows up. Uh, he sees the heavens open. He sees a ladder with angels coming up and down, a stairway to heaven. And then he, after this encounter, he wakes up. He doesn't want to move. And he's like, wow, this is the house of God. This is a gateway to heaven. And I had no idea. Have you ever had this kind of an experience? Like you experience God in the room. And it's like you don't want to move. You sense His presence. You know God is touching you. You know you are, you are like as close as it gets. And you don't want to spoil the moment. We have this expression. You're like an elephant in porcelain. You don't want to touch anything. You don't want to go anywhere. You just want to stay. Keep this for the rest of your life. Jacob was like that. It was like God opened the door to his home for him. And he pulled out the leather the ladder he pulled out he's like this is this is a little bit of foretaste just for you Jacob and he prophesied to him and he changed his life forever and he called that place Bethel the house of God this is the first story from the Old Testament the second story is in the book of Isaiah chapter 6 Isaiah as we know him now he was one of the greatest characters of the Old Testament probably the greatest prophet of the Old Testament and the way he gets his call to the ministry is a heavenly encounter. So what he experiences is he has this unexplainable encounter. He sees the heavens open prophetically. He sees God's greatness. He saw just the, uh, the edge of, the edge of, of uh, his robe, the, you know, the limb of his garment filling the temple. It was not like the whole of his garment. It was just the edge of this, his, his garment. That's what he saw. And he was like, oh man, I'm going to die now. I'm going to die now. I'm finished. I just saw the, a little bit, you know, this little percentage. A little bit from his garment. And it fills the heavens. And he thought he was going to die. He experienced the atmosphere of worship in heaven. The seraphs. Uh, crying out, holy, holy, holy is the, is, is, the, is the Lord, God Almighty. And they were closing their eyes and they were constantly worshiping the Lord. And he's experiencing that and he's totally overwhelmed. And then, and then what happens, he's like, man, I have unclean lips. And so the, an angel from heaven comes with a call from heaven. And what he does, he... Puts that burning coal onto his lips. Not a very pleasant experience. If he had some really hot goulash soup. <laughs> it's like close. But this is like man this is spicy. This is more like Indian spicy you know. A burning coal from heaven. Right onto your lips. I'm going to burn that un uncleansiness you know. And, and then, and then he's, he collapses before God and says. I will go wherever you send me. And it was his prophetic calling right there. 
Have you ever had that? You experience the presence of God. And out of that, you have a sense of mission. And this is what Isaiah, Isaiah experienced. That was the second incident. There is a third one. Uh, Ezekiel in the Old Testament. And Ezekiel is a prophet and a priest. He's both a prophet and a priest. And what happens, um, the, the, the nation of Israel is in the exile. And he is one of those um, exilic prophets. And, and, the, and the Lord shows up to him and he sees the heavens open and the glory of God descends. It's right by uh, the Babylonian rivers and uh, he, he doesn't have the language for it. He tries to describe how the glory comes, how the glory goes. And the, his language is like, I saw these wheels spinning. They went up, they went, you know, all different. Some people, you know, they try to take this as, um, as you know, the Bible talks about UFO. <laughs> He doesn't have the language for the glory of God. And he sees the glory and, and then he sees the glory disappear basically in that book. And so what my point is in the Old Testament there were some snippets of heaven. There were some, some uh, partial revelations of heaven in the Old Testament. Unique experiences where different individuals experienced a little bit of heaven and then hundreds of years nothing and then again a little bit of heaven and then hundreds of years nothing and then again a little bit of heaven now there were some other things in the old testament and it's what we call angels now angels uh the bible calls them ministering spirits and they basically they are the angels of heaven the agents of heaven Spiritual beings that, that come uh, with an assignment uh, to, uh, to minister to people. They mediate heaven on earth. They bring uh, a, a, a heavenly mission to earth. The outreach team, that's like angels. Yeah. Thank you. And, and the Bible is full of those incidents. Abraham had, had an encounter with an angel. Joshua also, he had an encounter, oh, it was a freaky encounter as well. The captain of the Lord's army. Samson, Samson's parents had an encounter. Gideon had an encounter with an angel. Daniel, uh, he had a, a powerful uh, incident uh, where he saw an angel. And then you, you come to um, what we read in the New Testament and Zechariah. Um, has um, an amazing experience. And then finally, Joseph and Mary. So there is like uh, heavenly agents coming and giving uh, some messages from heaven. People in the Old Testament have encounters, experiencing messages from heaven. And that was it. For a long time, that was it. Up until we read the passage... That Molly was sharing tonight. Up until the Bethlehem story. There was some individual sparks here and there. People seeing some crazy glorious encounters. Up until 
We read what happened in the chapter of uh, chapter 2 of Luke. Where the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord was shining around them. And then later on, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God. And then the angels had left and had gone into heaven. Now friends, this was a bridge between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, what happened in Bethlehem in the heavenlies... It was a bridge between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. It was the Old Testament saints experiencing and foretasting a New Testament reality. The shepherds, the Old Testament saints, they were experiencing a foretaste of what later in the future would be a New Testament reality. Come on. What happens here? The glory of God is shining. Now remember I said the glory of God is the, the weight of His presence. Now it, it's, it's like the heavens ripped open and, and God's presence was manifesting in a visible way over Bethlehem. And they see that. They see uh, the shining of the glory of God. The second thing that happens here is that the good news is being preached. The gospel, the Proto-gospel, the basic version of the gospel is being preached. What it said is today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's Messiah. He's Christ the Lord. This is the gospel. The presence of God was there. The gospel was being preached. And then what happens, the third thing, there is high praise. The angels, the, there is the angelic choir, there is the angelic orchestra uh, filling the whole uh, atmosphere with the praise uh, to the Messiah. Now, I don't know how you call it. I call it church. There is the presence of God. There is the preaching of the gospel and there is high praise. This is the first time in history when... A, when there was a meeting of a group of believers on this planet that became Christocentric. Because after this, they went to see Jesus and they worshipped Him. First time in history, there was a group of believers that they had the word preached. They had the, praise of, the praises of God. And they had the presence of God. And they saw Jesus the first time. This is, this is church first time this is the bridge between the old testament and the new testament the glory of god is shining the word of god is being preached the presence of god is there there is high praise this is church and what follows after that was only made possible because of this uh, incident in bethlehem i hope somebody is getting excited because this is only get better what happens is, you know, Jesus is born as a baby. Now, Jesus is also a full representative of heaven. He comes as the ambassador of heaven. Jesus comes uh, as, as, as the ambassador of the heavenly kingdom to this earth. He's, he's not just a baby. He's not just, you know... Uh, some kind of a divine, divine um, 
being, <laughs> he comes as the ambassador of heaven. So, you know, what, when he started to preach, what was his manifesto? He says, repent because the kingdom of, help me out, help me out, of heaven has come near. See, where the king comes, his kingdom comes. Where the ambassador comes, his dominion comes. So Jesus says, hey, I have some good news for some of you. <laughs> the good news, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven has come near. He was the representative of the kingdom of heaven. And he comes representing the kingdom of heaven. Also, the Bible says that in him there was fullness of God. Where God came, where Jesus came, fullness of God came with him. He was fully representing the kingdom of God. Now, later on, he says to Pilate, he says, my kingdom is not from this world. There is this space you know nothing about. There is this fear you have no idea about. You try to rule here, not very successfully, but my kingdom is from a totally different sphere. It's called the heavens. The kingdom of heaven. And he comes with an authority to represent the kingdom of heaven. In John chapter 1 verse 14, uh, this is what it says. The word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. In other words, Jesus, he settled here as, as uh, he, yeah, he started to inhabit this place. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. So Jesus, when he's here, he was fully representing heaven as, a, as the ambassador of heaven. And by the end of his ministry, he says this in John chapter 17, verse 22. He says about the disciples, I have, I have given them the glory that you gave me. He's like, Father, what you have given me from the kingdom of heaven, I have passed it on to them. Mission accomplished. The glory of God, the atmosphere of heaven, the taste of heaven, the presence of heaven, God's gala. This was introduced to the humankind through Jesus. It was like his mission was to bring heaven down. By him coming, this is the miracle of incarnation. Jesus being born in human flesh. Heaven came down through the person of Jesus as the orchestra of heaven was playing. An ambassador of heaven shows up on earth. And he made his dwelling here. His embassy here. In John chapter 3 verse 31 says. Uh, the one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth. And he speaks as the one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. Speaking about Jesus, he comes from, he is the one that comes from heaven. And, and uh, just to give you a little bit more about his ministry, Jesus' ministry. Uh, as he comes from above, he, he, uh, he releases heaven. You know, if you study the ministry of Jesus, everywhere he went and everything he did represented heaven. With every miracle, heaven leaked. 
He would touch the blind. And the power of heaven, the power of God was released. The glory of God was dripping from Jesus through miracles. When he changed water into wine. In Hungary this would go well. <laughs> the Bible says something like. And he did that as the beginning of his signs by which he revealed the glory. So he did a miracle and by, it was not a self-serving miracle. It was a miracle by which the glory of heaven was channeled through him. When he would uh, touch a cripple and, and that person was made well. It was the power of God, the glory of God through him. The ambassador of heaven who touched that person. Heaven came down. A power from God through him touched that person. And heaven came down. You know, when he taught his disciples to pray, he said, Our Father who is in heaven. And then he says, Let it be on earth as it is in let it be on earth as it is in you, Are you getting this? Jesus, whatever he did, he's like, I want to show them a foretaste of heaven. I want them to experience snippets of heaven. Experiences of what is normal in the glory of God in the heavens. And not just that, but wherever he would go, he copied the heavenly father. He's like, he was looking to the heavenly blueprint. And that's exactly what he did. In the book of John, it says that he only said what he heard his father say. He only did what he saw his father do. You know, when he was going to resurrect Lazarus, he comes to the tomb and, and he looks up. He's probably saying like, Dad, what should I do now? How can I release heaven into this atmosphere? And says, Lazarus, come out. And heaven enters that empty tomb. And the guy is alive. After four days. When he's going to feed the 5,000, you know, multiply the five loaves and two fish. It's impossible. And he looks up before he breaks the bread. He's like. And a miracle happens. It's like what is in heaven? It's going to be on earth. Through the ministry of Jesus, heaven comes down. You know, there is a verse in, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, Isaiah 64, verse 1. That was a prayer of many generations. This is the verse. Oh, that you would rent the heavens and come down. Generations would pray this, that you would rent the heavens, tear apart the heavens and come down. That's, that was the prayer of the saints in the Old Testament. They would pray, oh, that one day the heavens would rip open and you would come down. Now, friends, isn't this amazing that we are now on the other part of history that we can look back. To when heavens actually ripped open and the ambassador of heaven actually did come down. Somebody should be a little excited at this point at least. Come on. 
you're, you're being very sympathetic, thank you. <laughs> now, let, let, let me just uh, keep you here for another few minutes, five minutes, and I'm, I'm finished, maybe. <clears throat> there were two main openings in Jesus' ministry. One, when he came down, and the second, when he went up. All right, you know the story of ascension. Yeah, Jesus at the end of his ministry, he goes, he, he makes his exit. He came and he left. And according to his promise, he's going to come back. That we haven't seen yet. Two main openings, when he came down and when he went up. Now, you know, before that, in the Old Testament, heaven was closed with like a zipper. A little bit was open, a little bit of God's glory was shown to Jacob, to, um, to, to uh, what's his name, Ezekiel, and to uh, Ezekiel, and what, and was, Isaiah, Isaiah, thank you. you got, somebody has been listening, thank you. <clears throat> and it feels like, you know, it was zipped up again. And then it was, for a little bit it was opened, and then it was zipped up. It was open, it was closed. But, listen to this, when Jesus comes, we, we get the feeling that it was kept open. He goes into the heavens, he goes, he ascends to heaven, and he leaves the entry portal open. In Hebrews chapter 4, it says that we have a great high priest who ascended into heaven. Jesus, the Son of God. And this is, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Therefore, let us approach God's throne of grace. That's heaven. With confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find God's grace. What is it saying? It says, Jesus left. He went up to heavens and he left the door open. We can come to the throne of grace. Because he left the door open. This excites me. Hallelujah. Now, there is the greatest evidence that he left that heaven opened is the Pentecost. Uh, I could preach the whole message just about that. But in Acts chapter 2, they are all waiting and praying and they are gathered. For 10 days they were together, you know. Imagine we stayed here. It would be hard, you know, we could try to be. Somebody would need to pay the rent. But <laughs> 10 days together. And at the end, the Bible says there was a sound from heaven. You know, just some days before, 10 days before, Jesus ascended into heavens. And he left the door open. And now a sound from heaven comes. There was an atmosphere. There was a breeze uh, from heaven. It was a full experience. It was, it was, they could touch it. They spoke it. They could smell it. There was fire. There was breeze. There was wind. It, heaven invaded church. Heaven invaded that space. They started to speak the language of heaven. 
They started to speak in tongues. The, 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 the language of the angels, they started to speak that. They, had, uh, uh, they, they were empowered for a heavenly mission after this. So that is to me the greatest evidence that heaven is, was left open after Jesus ascended. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As, as we close or before we close, um, let, let, let me just uh, uh, kind of land with saying that there are different degrees of, of intensity how we experience um, heaven. You know, we can live under open heaven and not experience the blessing of the open heaven. You can, you, can, uh, you can live right under the presence of God and kind of let it pass over you unnoticed. You can be ignorant to the glory of God. God can move just right next to you and you don't notice. You know, uh, Jesus was a representative of the heaven. And there's so many people that had him within reach. Yet they didn't recognize his coming. And he cried. He said, Jerusalem, why did you not? Why did you not recognize the day that the ambassador of heaven is coming to you? This is Miro's paraphrase. You didn't notice that heaven came to you. We can live in such a way that it kind of passes by us. And, and, and we don't experience. We don't encounter you can live for the rest of your life ignoring heaven. Ignoring the presence of God in your life. Now, there was a moment when, uh, when heavens opened in the Bible. And the Father spoke. This is my beloved Son. And the Bible says that the others thought it was just a thunder. Can you imagine that heavens open? The Father speaks. And the people, they're like, oh, it was just a thunder. You can, you can, God can move and shake and touch people and heal people, whatever. And you don't recognize it. You're like, oh, this is just a thunder. There are different degrees of intensity how we experience heavens. It's almost like you can live with headphones on. Like, I have this blessed wife. Sometimes I'm talking to her and she's got long hair and she's not responding. I have no idea. And then like 20 seconds later, I'm like, ah, oh, she is the invisible, what do you call it? Earpods. Plugged in. She's not responding to the husband. But we can live like this, you know, God is here. He's unleashing heaven, you know. Things are happening. God is moving. And we have the earpods. Heaven is here. And we have the earpods. We, 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 we can't, yeah, and it's like, it left. I often say it would be the greatest tragedy of my life if there was an awakening, a revival, a move of God. And I missed it. I was not in it. I was not in the whirlwind. So we can have an attitude in our heart. We can have an attitude in our church. 
which is so hardened or prejudiced against the move of God. Inhospitable to His presence, just like Nazareth was so familiar with Jesus that it rejected Jesus. But there can also be, you know, uh, spiritual powers in the, in the country, in the city, in the atmosphere that are like filtering or it's like a protective film over the glory of God. You can read about that in the book of Daniel. But I want to say that, church, we are here because heaven came down on that day. And I don't know, I want to live in the full blessing of that. I want us to live in the full blessing of that. I wonder if we could stand up. We could stand up. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I want to invite you to live under, under an open heaven. Under, in the revelation that the heaven is open. I want to invite you to, to ask for an encounter every single day. We can live this adventure. You can live this adventure experiencing the open heaven on a daily basis. The same Holy Spirit that was there on the day of Pentecost, He is in you. The same presence of God with the intensity of the glory of God, you carry it. it it's on us. And you can experience that as you, as you walk, as you do your life. You can experience that. And the Bible says that you can even become an ambassador of heaven yourself. In the book of John chapter 3, it says a person can only receive what is given to him from heaven. And the Holy Spirit has been given to you from heaven. You have received him and now you can act as his ambassador, the ambassador of heaven. And you know what? People around you, they need that. They need to experience the open heaven through you, through what they see happening in their life. I wonder if we could just uh, end this time of uh, preaching by surrendering our life to Jesus and saying that I'm going to be more aware of His presence. I'm going to be noticing what He is doing in my life. I'm going to carry the load of His glory in my life. I'm not just going to be satisfied with Jesus becoming my Savior and this is it. I have a ticket to heaven. No, I have a mission from heaven here. The day that heaven was opened in Bethlehem, there was the, the gospel was starting to be proclaimed. And it is still being proclaimed. And the Bible says when, when, when the gospel is fully proclaimed, then he's going to come again. And so we have this mandate and this mission to carry the message of, the message of heaven to others. Amen. <laughs> I feel such a strong burden for this tonight. And so I wonder if we could just like raise our hands to Jesus. Yes.